Kenny Pickett had a lot to say about the rumors that were swirling around Pittsburgh about the decisions he did or didn't make regarding his status as the Steelers quarterback against the Seahawks. We'll address his comments and then weigh them against all the things we've heard here in the Locked on Steelers podcast and get to, to make sense for you what exactly happened here in Pittsburgh, as well as address a lot of other things going on in the offense defense before a must win game to keep their hopes alive in the playoffs. I'm Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time. Go get the app today. Now, we addressed this a little bit on Tuesday. With the rumors, with we had Alan Saunders on, we had his reporting. Well, we don't need reporting. We get Kenny Pickett's words. And I want to address the, this there because, like I said, during our Tuesday episode, even while we were hearing Alan's accounting and what his reporting was saying, I said, let's wait until Kenny Pickett speaks and acts before we decide what exactly happened. Because if the rumor mill, and again, just again, addressing what it, what it, what it what's the rumors were, was there, there was a rumor out that Kenny Pickett was told he would be the number two quarterback and he refused to be the number two quarterback. And that's why he was made inactive for the game. And Alan Saunders, you know, said his, his sources said differently than that said, it wasn't the exact situation that was going on there. I heard rumors that countered that as well. Other people have reported that, uh, that that wasn't the case. And I said this during the show, if the rumor that he refused to be the number two quarterback was true, then he would come out this week, say he's hurt or he's injured. He wouldn't play, and he just he'd be inactive for this game because he still refused to be the number two. Because Mason Rudolph is still the starting quarterback, and Mason Rudolph deserves to be the starting quarterback because of the way that he's played. But Kenny Pickett wasted no time before the Steelers' first official practice on Tuesday for the week. In fact, before that practice, there was a, a, a locker room media availability, and as soon as it opened, he had some things to get off his chest. Here is Kenny Pickett in the Steelers locker room so that you can hear him firsthand. Get started. I saw reports out there that I felt like we're attacking, you know, my character and how I am as a person, not even getting into a player standpoint of it. Um, there was no talk of me being a backup quarterback this week in terms of being a two. Um, if I was healthy enough to play and the trainers and coaches felt like I would look good enough to play, I was going to start and play. Um, if they believed that I was not, which they believed I was not, I was not going to dress and suit up for the game. Um, so whoever reported that, I don't know where it started. Um, it's kind of crazy what people will write and put out there um, to try to you know, prove their point or help their standpoint or their careers and, and what you guys do. Um, but, you know, disappointing to see that uh, without any proof or basis of it. So this week I'm now the two. They feel good four weeks out of the surgery uh, for me to dress and be the two. So I will be the two and do what I have to do to be ready to go for So if there's any other questions about that. Um, I feel like I answered it pretty good there. Is there anything else? Is there any Baltimore questions? I would get all the Baltimore. So you never had any say in whether you wanted to be the two or the. the no, I feel like I answered very clearly that you know, I was going to start and play, or if they didn't think I was good enough to to do that, healthy enough, I was going to be the three and not trust. Who's your health doctor? 
Uh, Percentage-wise, I mean, I'm good enough to, to do what I need to do to play if need be. What do you make of the decision to start Mason against Baltimore and for you to be the number two? Yeah, as a competitor, you want the ball. I want the ball in the most crucial situations of the game. I want the ball in the biggest games of the season, and this is what you work for. This is what you do. But, um, you know, one man's misfortune is another, another man's opportunity. So Mason played well when he got in there. Um, I have a ton of respect for Mason and everything he's done and, and what our team has been doing. Um, so now my job that I'm back healthy is to, is to be the backup. If something happens, if he goes down, um, be ready to go and continue to support him the way I've been. What was the conversation like with uh, Coach about the decision? It was tough. Early on, there really wasn't many conversations. It was very much a day-by-day, week-by-week thing in terms of what was happening. Um, you know, if Mason did not play well, I feel like I would have had to go in there um, you know, earlier than they would have wanted me to. And that's just the truth of the situation. So, um, you know, he played well. They felt, you know, where I was at in my recovery, they didn't want to push it and try to, to, to suit up and have to get thrown in there. Um, so that's what I did. Apologies for some of the audio in there. You can hear some of the Steelers players were close to us and playing a card game, and they were being pretty loud about it. But you heard the the, the basic, the crux of what Kenny Pickett was saying. He was very forthwith about his stance and that the rumors were not true, and he felt that he was being slandered, uh, and they were, and that the things being spread were being done so uh, irresponsibly uh, here. And that's why, again, when we re- talked about it on this show, I said I don't fully buy into this, and. You know, it, 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 the only, I wouldn't have even talked about it if it wasn't being widespread and it wasn't being a major talking point um, across across Pittsburgh. Um, so, again, he sounds like a man that, that needs to make a point. And if you're someone out there who still thinks that there's still something to the rumor and it's but it's not. A, but that rumor isn't 100 percent true. I hear you. Rarely is one side of any story 100 percent the truth. But I believe Kenny Pickett in this. He did not quit. On the Pittsburgh Steelers, he did not. Go, they they did not come in and say, "Kenny, we need you badly to be the number two this week." And he said, "Too bad." I just I don't believe that that's what happened. But whenever I hear two extremes of what is said to have happened, and I said this on the Tuesday episode, whenever I hear two extremes, I try to find the truth somewhere in the middle, because I feel like there's a logical middle between those two extremes of what happened. And that's where I try to piece it. And I try to find that based off of information that I've been given that I can at least go off of. So let's do that with what we know or what we've talked about on the show, rather. Because, again, this isn't knowing. This is secondhand information. Some of it's firsthand from Kenny Pickett, firsthand from Mike Tomlin. But this is what we have to work with. So let's let's break this down. As Alan Saunders reported on the show, uh, his, his sources indicated that there had been um, that he that, that Kenny Pickett turned down being the number three quarterback. My theory, and again, it's just a theory. It's a, I'm not saying this is the gospel. I'm not saying this is what happened. This is what I'm basing what I think might have happened based off of the information that we have available to us. My theory is layered in the steps of information that we have. First, we go back to Tomlin's comment. Tomlin, you know, said Kenny Pickett didn't take enough team reps last week or any team reps last week, and I've actually heard that from also other players to confirm that. Um, that's an issue for a guy who hadn't been playing uh, too too well and also hasn't played in basically a month. And I can see that that's a real reason why to not start a guy or maybe even say, hey, we're going to we're, we're going to keep, keep you around. But, you know, you're not going to be the number one or maybe even the number two. So that that kind of adds up with the situation, especially considering Kenny Pickett's injury situation going on now. Then you go to Allen's report. And again, with no reps and no track record of big big success, while the Steelers have scored 30-plus points in the last two games, 
um, or you know the, the game leading into the Seahawks game because that's what we're questioning right now. I can see the team being willing to wait for him to get healthy and fully return 100% instead of trying to rush him, especially if he didn't take team reps last week like Tomlin's saying. So all that starts to add up as well. Now, if you want to believe part of the rumor, I could believe the part of the rumor that Kenny Pickett was frustrated. And why wouldn't he be? And you could, you, I mean, he, he, like he said, he wants the ball in the key situations. Uh, and if he's been hurt, he, he's been hurt. That's that's frustrating itself. The playoffs have been on the line. You know, when he got hurt, the Steelers were seven and four and on their way to maybe competing for a division title. And since he's been out, they lost three straight. And now only now they've started to rebound. Uh, and now he's still not playing. And so, yeah. There's frustration in that, but there's nothing wrong with frustration. That's part of that's part of being a competitor, and you know, not beginning the chance, getting the chance to go out there and prove yourself. That's that's part of it. Mason Rudolph's been frustrated, waited his time. Now he's making plays and making the most of it. Good for him. Um, and I think that that's where Kenny Pickett, you know, maybe get that chance. But this is where again I come to conflict with the rumor. Kenny Pickett saying no to being the number two quarterback. Let's think about this for a sec. What benefit does that have to Kenny Pickett? What 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 does he get from this? For one, you know Mike Tomlin. He said this publicly, privately, everywhere. He does not believe in hostages. He believes in volunteers. And if Kenny Pickett turns down the number two job, he all of a sudden becomes a hostage. And that would send him, put him in a bad spot with the 17-year head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, while, while Kenny Pickett is a second-year quarterback who has not had a fully good, a full good game yet. He's had spurts here and there. He's had some clutch finishes, and he's had shown some promise here and there, but he's never given you the full game. Heck, he's never given you the two games that Mason Rudolph just gave you. And if he played those cards, he'd be putting himself in between him and Mike Tomlin, and he'd also create some team issues because after Mason Rudolph has done nothing but support Kenny Pickett and support him despite being a more experienced veteran, uh, and seeing Kenny Pickett as a rookie and see Kenny Pickett struggle as a rookie, he's been there for him. So if Kenny Pickett turned on Mason Rudolph and said, I'm not going to support him, the whole team might turn on Kenny Pickett. So again, it would just be really short-sighted by Kenny Pickett to do to say to say that because if he says that to the, to the coaches, that's going to get out to the team before it even gets out to us. And then all of a sudden, you lost the locker room as a quarterback. And I just don't think that Kenny Pickett's that short-sighted, even if he did feel that way. And I'm not sure that he did. I think that he wants to compete, but is you know, but is 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 acknowledging that like, hey, this is the situation. I believe, and, and now we have his statement that you know he he wasn't cleared to play and that he would have started if he was 100. percent I'm not 100 percent sure about that because Mason Rudolph was playing well, um, and maybe if he could practice all last week, maybe that would have changed the conversation. But I, I still think Mason would have been given a shot last week after how well he played against the Bengals. But where I think the truth probably rests that the Steelers is, is that the Steelers were okay with him being the third quarterback available in a marriage, in emergency situa situation or resting his injured ankle. They gave him, they probably gave him. And again, this is just my theory, just stating my theory based off of the information we have. I believe they probably gave much like Allen's saying, they probably gave Kenny Pickett the option to either take a shot that would numb his ankle and he'd be ready to play on it. Or he could just focus on healing and support his teammates on the sideline like he did um and and but they they wouldn't hold it against him if he chose to do that it's not like they were demanding him to be the, the, the number three emergency quarterback available in the game it was just a question for him and if he chose to heal it wouldn't be a problem and he chose to heal because he wants to be 100 when he does be able to get uh, what he is able to play and from all accounts no no player has had a problem with that and that's 
I think that's that, that that's something that you have that you have to acknowledge there. If they, if they didn't have a problem with it, and as Alan said, like you know, Kenny Pickett was celebrating with the team in the locker room. If there if there was beef there, that there that wouldn't be so hunky dory. Um, and again, I, I could I could ignore the rumors and stuff, and we could not address it at all. But it got too loud to ignore, and it became too much of a problem to the point where Kenny Pickett had to address it himself, which is why we addressed it yesterday, and why I'm addressing it again today. It doesn't mean. Uh, that does, you know, and so me addressing it doesn't mean I believe it. Um, but as I always try to say, when I work to work through stuff like this, where we don't have concrete information like stats or tape or things like that, we have you know rumors and suggestions and things like that. I always try to find the middle ground to figure out where is the story there. It, and I suggest for you, you might not believe it the same way I do, but find your middle. I think that's and I think that that's where it is. I don't take the gospel in, in, in you know, from too, from too many people all the time. And I'm not saying that I know for sure what happened, but I do know how the game of telephone changes stories in the media. I've seen it firsthand. He said, she said, can turn a story that someone tells somebody that Chris Carter bought a car into Chris, Starter, Chris Carter stole Kenny Pickett's car. And hey, some, some of y'all actually wanted to believe that I actually did that. Uh, when you know that one guy named Chris Carter did steal his car, so that's not that not too far off. But point being, as in all seriousness, Kenny Pickett's situation right now, I think, is understandably frustrating for him, and he might and he might have even been frustrated. We told he wasn't going to be the starter when he thinks that he said it, like you know I'm not 100, percent but I, I can I can play, and he probably was frustrated. But I doubt that he quit on the team and just said Nah, I'm not going in as the number two quarterback. And again, he said it right there. He'll be the number two quarterback this week. And if he is, it would kind of not make sense for if he really didn't want to be the number two quarterback last week for him to just agree to be doing it this week. So I think that's what's actually going on here is that there's been some misreporting or mishearing of a rumor. I think we've addressed it from all sides and you yourselves can take what you think actually happened. But the bottom line is, Mason Ruff's going to be the starter. He deserves to be the starter. Kenny Pickett's going to be, going to be the number number two this week. We, we should move on because there's a lot to break down for a team that's fighting for a playoff spot in a must-win game uh, for 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 their host. Technically, not must-win, but we'll get to we'll get to that. But I think the big key that has the Steelers' hopes different right now is the balance they've shown on offense, and it's something that I've stressed all season long that they absolutely needed, and I think they might have found it. More on that next here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by GameTime, the number one website, GameTime.co, or app that you download to your phone now to buy tickets for your favorite events without it being stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With You get killer deals on last-minute tickets, and they have a best price guarantee that can't be beat, so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have at whatever event you're going to. Whether it's a sporting event, whether it's a concert, whether it's musical theater, whether it's a comedy show. Whatever it is, if it has tickets, Game Time's most likely got tickets for you to go in your, your Oak local area wherever you want. And oftentimes, you're trying to save money on tickets. So you're waiting up to the last minute, seeing if you'll get you can get the right price for someone selling for cheap at the you know at the last minute, just trying to get a deal. And you'll go up to the ticket booth thinking, oh, I'll get a great price, but you don't get great prices. Or you go to the scalper and you think, oh, these are great prices, but I don't know if I'm getting scammed. 
That's where game time is the best because it's the best of both worlds. You know the ticket that you're getting, like you go in the ticket booth. You'll see the view from your seat in the game time app so that you know that you're not being scammed out of, out of it. But you also see the prices that you get. So you know you're getting the best price every time that you let you look at game time. And game time is so confident they're giving you the best prices. They'll, they'll they have a best price guarantee where if you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else for the same event, game time will credit you 110% of the difference of those prices. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game. To map, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase, or go to their website, gametime.co. Terms of conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're back here on the show. Who has a long first segment? I apologize for that being so long, but uh, uh, things needed to be addressed. And I, I wanted to be thorough in that. So I hope that uh, those who appreciate, uh, I think I hope that y'all appreciate that because that's, that to me, that's serious. And you heard how serious Kenny Pickett took it, t- took it. So that's why I take that stuff seriously. But let's move on from there. The Steelers offense right now is working in the last two games. They're averaging over 30 points per game right now. Um, because they're at a balance, they're a balanced attack. It's something that we stressed all season, all offseason long, something we stressed at the start of the season, and something we were saying that they needed to find, and you were hoping that they'd find earlier in the year. And you can't just focus on uh, but the key is right now is that defenses. No, no longer can just focus on Najee Harris in the run game because now you have to honor the pass more. And that's where Mason Rudolph comes in because he's forced them to the past the past two weeks. And I think you even saw it on tape when I looked at the All-22 review and I was looking at how Seattle, there were times they had to back off the line of scrimmage even when they were worried that Najee Harris or Jalen Warren were going to run the ball. Um, and because you have to honor honor that, that creates, that creates other problems. And what Mason Rudolph's also doing is he's forcing you to honor Different options in the passing game. It's not just George Pickens. He's able to hit Deontay Johnson. He's able to hit Pat Fryman. He's able to hit. He's able to hit Jalen Warren. And it's forcing guy. It's forcing defenses to have to have to honor different things, which makes it easier for you to pick at things. Even with Kenny Pickett before he got hurt, if you remember uh, the first game without Matt Canada. Pratt Frymuth had a career high of 120 receiving yards against the Bengals. Then Pickens had, had 195 when Mason Rudolph took over against the Bengals. And then he had 131 against the Seahawks. But even against the Seahawks, it wasn't just George Pickens. Uh, De- Deontay Johnson had 76. Pat Frymuth had 44. And that shows this unit is still growing. They're still figuring out how to work together. And they even admitted to using Pat Frymuth as a decoy against the Cincinnati Bengals in the rematch. Uh, which to me shows that there is chemistry that can be had in this offense. The, t- the playmakers are there. They just need a quarterback who can get them the football. And that's not saying that Kenny Pickett can never get the fo- give him the football. And, that, and that's, that's not saying that he can't do it consistently someday. But right now, Mason Rudolph is doing that. And that's a huge part of this. So I asked Pat Fryermuth about, one, the relationship between Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. So you'll hear that about that, readdressing what we talked about earlier. But I also asked him about that balance. Here was Pat Fryermuth in the Steelers' locker room Tuesday. How have you seen the dynamics between Kenny and Mason just as supporting each other throughout their process, Mason and his starts and, you know, process? Yeah, the quarterback room has always been supportive of each other. Um, you know, they're, they're they're really good friends. Um, and, you know, they're very supportive. So uh, it's been smooth. What does it say about you guys as skilled players? You know, first time against the Bengals, you were the key player. Mm-hmm. You were kind of the decoy against the Bengals. And then mm-hmm. last week, the running game's going. You guys seem to be able to hit yeah. with different players. Yeah, yeah. That's what, uh, you know, that's what um, you know, we wanted to do all season is, um, you know, when we're able to, you know, fire on one cylinder and the defense expecting us to do something, uh, we're able to counter that and do something else. Um, so that's what we were expecting to do the whole season. But I'm glad 
um, starting to come together when we need it most. And they do need it mo- the most right now. They needed to they need to win these games. They needed to find it earlier, sure, um, so that they could guarantee their own playoff hopes. But I-, I think this is part of what we talked about earlier in the season, even when we started to see glimpses of the offense succeeding uh, when Kenny Pickett was starting and they were finding things. When the Steelers start to hit on a couple things, like in the game against the Raiders or the game against the Rams, um, you know, you started to see defenses have to have to do that, and then they then they had to honor one thing, and so then you started to go to the other. The problem was the Steelers couldn't consistently hit on enough routine things. And my, as Mike Tomlin says, you have to make plays, make routine plays routinely, and the Steelers hadn't done that as an offense. And now, for the first time all year in back to back games, they're doing that. And to give credit, Mason Rudolph is a big part of making that happen. He's making routine throws routinely. In these in these games, and he's also making routine throwaways to not kill the Steelers when a play's dead. Because again, some days the defense is going to just have your number on a specific play, and the best thing you can do is to just not make it worse and to just say, "Hey, we're throwing this away. Live to fight another day. Don't give them the turnover. Don't take the big loss in yards so that you can fight fight for a first down on the next play. Um, you know, and, and keep things moving." Um, so again, Mason Rudolph deserves full credit for what he's doing there, and you know, I have fun watching him doing it because this is the stuff i'm saying this is what i've been saying i did i do my all 22 breakdowns and people say oh you're a kenny pickett hater i'm like no he's just these are open things that he's not doing and when i look at mason runoff it goes from like every it goes from maybe like missing seven out of every 10 pass pass play where there was a there was a receiver open and they weren't targeted or they were missed on on a play to maybe that happens two out of every 10 plays because again it does happen with mason runoff he's not been perfect he's not all of a sudden patrick mahomes or anything like that but he is taking what's there maybe 80% of the time. And that's all this offense really needed. Because when you have that balance, you uh, like Pat Frymley was saying, you become dangerous because they can't focus on one thing. When teams have to honor multiple things, they have to start guessing on defense. They can't focus on the run game if you're hitting the deep ball. And if your big play becomes a threat, then they have to focus on that. And then the run game eats. But if the run game eats, then those bigger plays are easier to hit. It's a balance. Perfect comparison. Was if you go back to when Ryan Tannehill joined the Titans. Tannehill wasn't an all, wasn't a superstar quarterback, but he was a competent quarterback. And when you put him with Derrick Henry in that offense, Derrick Henry, if you look at his numbers before Ryan Tannehill got there, he was he was like a Corvette, you know, in, in, in a crappy garage. He wasn't he wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't working um, because teams didn't honor didn't weren't scared of or didn't honor the the Titans passing threat. But when Tannehill got there, and Tannehill again wasn't spectacular. But he made the he, he made the, the the competent plays, the competent throws, the competent reads. And when that happened, all of a sudden, Derrick Henry's numbers shot up. And then he became King Henry. And that's what I'm saying can happen for the Steelers offense if they just get competent quarterback play. Not elite quarterback play, not stellar quarterback play, not even very above average, just at the line, maybe a little above the line. And I'm not saying Najee Harris is going to become Derrick Henry, but I do think that Najee Harris and Jalen Warren could be the baddest running back duo in the NFL. Shout out to Kyle Brandt for angry runs as he just featured both of them as their angry runs guys. And again, that happens with those two going off like that because of balance. I look at the all 22. I see the Seahawks and at, one, at different points of the game, they want to commit to stopping the run because they know the Steelers want to run it, but they can't because George Pickens is killing them. And they saw George Pickens kill the Bengals last week. We can't leave that guy in one-on-one. All right, well, we got to stop the run. Crap, we left George in one-on-one, and now he's catching like a 30-yard bomb on us. It's just it's just part of the, what's been needed for this offense so much. 
And I think that this we are seeing a glimpse of what competent quarterback play does for an offense, and that's what Mason Roth's giving, and it's helping everybody eat. And if Mason Roth does keep doing it, the Steelers will be a problem if they make the playoffs. Because this is the kind of offense that I think the Steelers have been wanting, and if they can just get a little bit healthier on defense, uh, I'd say watch out. But let's talk about some defense, particularly T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, in the emerging Nick Herbig. We'll do that here on the other side of the next break. Here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We'll be right back. But first, I want to talk about our great sponsors at FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. Get ready for the NFL playoffs with the incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets on FanDuel right now if they win any $5 money line bet. That's $150 back in bonus bets just if you pick your team to win with a $5 money line bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. When you can, when you download the app to your phone, that you'll find that there, you can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more in any game and in so many different sports. Want to bet on the Steelers to win their last game? Great. Want to make a pause? Parlay bet to see if you could string together the Steelers with the Jaguar with the Jaguars to lose and the Bills to lose because you really think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. Do that too. FanDuel gives you so many different ways to win money, and that's where you got to go download FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook uh, on, on, in America, right to your phone right now. So visit FanDuel.com/slash locked on, and you can get ready for the NFL playoffs with that exclusive offer of hitting a five dollar money line bet and getting one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets available. That's uh, that's at FanDuel.com/slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We switched to the defense. We talked a lot about the offense, the rumors, and all of that. Let's talk about the edge rushing position specifically. First of all, congrats to TJ Watt. He's team MVP. It was officially voted on. No questions asked. He was going to be the team MVP. He's also the real defensive player of the year. Shout out to that. Uh, but we, I want to just preface this by saying Steelers fans, do not be surprised if he does not get it. We can all kind of see the writing on the wall because there's a lot of national people putting the idea, pushing the idea that Miles Garrett's better, even though he has less tackles and less 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 tackle assists and less sacks and less turnovers, and his defense gives up more points than T.J. Watt's defense and everything else that goes in between there and, and you know, less interceptions, all those different things. We, we, we know that. You know that. I know that. That's, that's just been a thing. Um you know, if 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 Watt gets it, it's deserved. I think that he's been the best defensive player, and he's still. I think we can all see that when he's on the field, it changes everything for the, for the Steelers. We know that truth. But let's address something else that's going on right now. And the question is, and this is a question that's being legitimately and I think reasonably asked by Steelers fans right now: Are the Steelers leaning too much on T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith in their game plans? Because, or at least the recent game plan. Because you look at that at, at the game plan and you see a defense that, you know, deployed uh, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith a lot. In fact, of the, I think it was 49 defensive plays, uh, Miles Jack and pa- Patrick Peterson were the, and, uh, were the only two players that were on there for 100% of the plays. Alex Highsmith was out there 43 of the 49 plays. Uh, TJ Watt was out there 44 of the, um, excuse me. Yeah, actually, yeah, uh, TJ Watt was out there 44 plays. Alex Highsmith was out there 43 plays. So all but five or six plays where you're starting edge rushers on the field there. And that left Nick Herbig with just two snaps. And 
in those two snaps, one of them, he made maybe the biggest play of the game with a sack, strip, fumble, fumble recovery, setting the Steelers up with, with short positions so that they can go up two scores and set them up with a position to win the game. And let's be clear, Nick Herbig's playing very well for a rookie, especially a fourth-round draft pick rookie. Um, he's made it the case that they, the Steelers can rest T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith more while still getting, still getting production from their second guys. Also, shout-out to Marcus Golden because he's been solid. I don't think he's been as electric as Nick Herbig, but I think that he's been giving you competent play more than what they had from like Malik Reed and guys in the past where they've struggled to find second and third or, you know, third or fourth options at edge rusher behind Watt and Highsmith. But don't fall into the trap that even though you didn't see the production from Watt and Highsmith as, you know, multiple sacks or anything, that they weren't doing, they, they weren't effective in that game. Even though they didn't have any sacks, Highsmith still had seven pressures. Watt had six pressures. They were disruptive, but not dominant. But they were also held a lot. It's another story that they got that they got to do. And they were, but they were also really tough against the run. And with the Steelers' offense possessing the ball more, guys, the guys on the defense got more time to rest. Again, they I think they possessed the ball for over 37 minutes in the game, which meant that Seahawks were only on the field for 22 minutes. Um, there's been plenty of t- games where TJ Watt has played, you know, 40 minutes or so on, on the field because of how bad the Steelers' offense has been and how poorly they've possessed the football. I think that that's that, that that that's a result of that's why you saw TJ Watt out there on the field more because they could afford to be about to be on the field. And when he's on the field, he's the best defensive player in football. And he has been for like the past three, four years. But there's no doubt Nick Herbig is earning his place on this defense. He's an asset off the edge. And he may and, and he help may help make them the best edge rushing trio. Never thought I'd say that before, for years to come in the NFL. And heck, if Marcus Golden sticks around, maybe the best uh best pass rushing core edge rushing quartet. And has that ever been a thing for four players to be dangerous as pass rushers? And again, Marcus Golden, you know, maybe not dangerous, but he's a competent edge rusher and a competent backup. And if Nick Herbig is scaring you off the edge, then whew, what could you do with Watt and Highsmith and rotating him in there? And maybe you bring them all three on the field at the same time and move them around and make you guess where are they going to line up? Because we've seen both TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith make interceptions while playing like an off-ball linebacker this year. And Nick Herbig, I think, can be there too. He's that kind of athletic. I think there's something to say there, and I think the Steelers need to work on it. But I also understand... Right now, when your defense is hurt up as much as it is, you need to simplify some things out there. And sometimes simplifying it is just keeping your best players on the field more often. And I think that if the Steelers weren't as hurt up at linebacker and safety and they weren't having to stretch as much in their game to work out communication, work out chemistry, and get guys on the same page, I think you'd see Nick Herring out there a little bit more. But I think part of that is they want to keep those same faces out there. It simplifies things on defense, lets other guys play faster. And I totally get that as a strategy for now. But make no mistake, Nick Herbig is earning more snaps times. And I think that if the Steelers were healthy, he'd get more snaps. I'm very certain that next year, when the Steelers are healthier to start the season, he's going to be much more involved in the game plan uh, week in and week out. And again, that could make them, especially if, 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 you know, Watt and Highsmith are signed to long-term deals. Herbig's under contract for another three years. Marcus Golden, if they want to bring him back, that could be the best edge-rushing group in the NFL for years to come if they keep that together and they keep growing together. That being said, we got to cut it off here for the Locked On Steelers podcast. It's been the Wednesday edition. Tomorrow, crossover Thursday with Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens. We'll break things down, getting you ready for this big matchup 
over the weekend. Are the Ravens going to rest their starters in a game that they really don't need? We'll talk about that and what things are looking like here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com. Find me here on the Locked On Steelers podcast every Monday through Friday, breaking down your Pittsburgh Steelers on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel to get more. I'm Chris Carter. Again, thanks, everyone. We'll see you again Thursday here on the Locked On Steelers podcast.